0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. Joe, I have good news. Okay. I did not mute my microphone to start the show for, I feel like, the first time in a week.
2: This might be an inside joke. I don't know if people realize this, but Jake never is able to get the recording off on the first shot. He's always, well, welcome to the lockdown, and I'm muted, and I just drop my head every time.
0: For, For like the last two weeks, I think, consecutively. I've made the same Mm. mistake and today I didn't even look, it just wasn't muted today. So we're off to a good start here on mock draft Monday. We are going to take a look at the bengals.com mock draft roundup, mock draft roundup, and we're also going to take a little bit of a look at Ben Robinson's data from grinding the mocks. He, uh, of course, tracks where players are going in various mock drafts around the internet, be they fan mock drafts, be they expert mock drafts. It gives you a really good idea of where guys are getting projected. So we're going to talk about some of the guys that are being projected to go to the Bengals. Then we're going to do our own mock draft as we always do on Mock Draft Monday, but let's start with the mock draft roundup. Bengals.com along with Ben Robinson, who does data work recording mock drafts across the internet for his website, grinding the mocks have a variety of players listed as guys that experts and fans alike have pegged to be drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals at that 33rd overall pick. Let's start with the bengals.com list. At least two drafts, Dame Brugler and Chad Reuter of nfl.com, Dame Brugler of the Athletic have Denzel Mims projected to be drafted by the Bengals with that 33rd overall pick. And we're just going to go through a few of the options. And react to them. I think, Joe, you and I would be thrilled with Denzel Mims. Excellent player in traffic. Very strong receiver in terms of contested catches. But the one weakness from his game, the route running, the separation that we didn't see as much on tape, dramatically improved at the Senior Bowl.
2: Yeah, that's right. If you watch it at Baylor, he probably ran five routes. So if you watch the tape, you'll say... Why are they on him so tight? Why are, they, why are the corners so sticky to him? And I think it's because you could tell which routes he, were, he was running and that Baylor offense really limited it. But you get to the senior bowl, and he put on a clinic. And he shows new instability to get open, not only in, in setting up his routes, but finishing on the top of his routes, using his hands to get open. He is potentially a very, very good route runner. If that's the case, we may look at this in a couple years and say, yeah, he should have probably have gone top 15.
0: I think Mims is a bit of a pie in the sky pick right now. He seems like one of those guys that is likely to be picked at the end of the first round somewhere because while this wide receiver class is very deep and very talented, a lot of the guys that are late first to mid second round prospects are guys that are going to be best served playing in the slot potentially. One example of that is Justin Jefferson, who despite all of his testing and productivity, That all came from the slot at LSU. Greg Cosell went so far to say he is a slot receiver in the NFL based on what's on tape. There's no real projection for him, for Justin Jefferson to move outside. The next guy on the list from Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports is Zach Bond, the linebacker from Wisconsin. He's really an edge rusher for Wisconsin for the most part. So projecting him to be an off-ball linebacker is probably a down-the-road kind of thing. He could be a strong side linebacker, and a nickel pass rusher, though. And that's something that Marvin Lewis, when he was coaching the Bengals, was looking for, I think, the entire time he was in Cincinnati.
2: Oh, he would have been a perfect Marvin Lewis, Sam linebacker. And uh, does that mean he fits uh, Lou Rumo's multiple defense? I think it could. I think you could find a role for him and use him a little bit more. I just don't know if that means they are finished at linebacker if they take Bonn. If you take bond at 33, expect another linebacker pick somewhere in rounds 3, 4, or 5. He is probably more of a pass rusher than
0: the type of linebacker the Bengals need. The next guy on this list, though, while he is a true off-ball linebacker, is, I think, pretty limited for a guy that's being talked about as a first-round prospect. And this is Kenneth Murray, who Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic has mocked to the Bengals. Of course, the linebacker from Oklahoma, very good athlete, but you don't see him playing vertically very often. It's ball in front of me, get downhill in a hurry. And I think that is where he starts in the NFL. Not to say that he can't make the transition because we've seen this with other players, most recently Devin Bush, but Devin Bush tested with very good agility that would translate to that role.
2: And Devin Bush was more physical, I think, than Kenneth Murray, and that's a big difference because Murray, while he sometimes hits really hard and sometimes shocks O-linemen and and disengages, I think at times he doesn't want to take a guy on head-on and doesn't want to take on a block head-on and prefers to run around, which can open up a gap or a hole in that defense. I think for Murray, the Bengals could use a guy that is an athlete that could spy and chase and maybe that's directly tied to stopping Lamar Jackson. So I don't think it's that far-fetched to think he would be a fit, but I wish we would have seen him drop back, flip his hips, and cover down the middle of the field more often at Oklahoma. I don't think that's something he is going to do very early in his career. So you may still be stuck out there with Jermaine Pratt and Sean Williams as your two nickel linebackers early in the season. It's at least a projection,
0: for Murray to start to do some of those things that the Bengals would like to ask an off-ball linebacker to do on a third down. The last guy we're going to talk about from Ben Robinson's grinding the mocks, the most commonly mocked player to the Bengals in the second round is Solomon Kinley, an interior offensive lineman from Georgia. He is a behemoth of a man. He's an absolute giant, but PFF has him projected to go in the sixth round. Sounds like the second round might be a little bit early.
2: I think it is early. I'm surprised that it's been mocked so often. At 340 pounds, he's a junior. Um, He's a mauling right guard, and he's started for three years. I just think with his physical limitations in terms of athleticism, day two is early for him.
0: So there is your mock draft roundup. I don't think we've drafted – we've obviously drafted Denzel Mims when available in the second round. We've drafted Zach Bond. We have not yet picked Kenneth Murray. I don't think we would ever consider – solomon kinley in the second round but if you're looking for the drew sample pick because some of you are for some reason i don't know maybe maybe you don't like (laughs) yourselves very much uh that would be that would be the pick anyway we're going to get into our own mock draft monday here and we'll let you know how it goes in just a minute
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
2: It's Mock Draft Monday, and we're kicking it off at fanspeak.com. We have the premium membership, which is important because, obviously, we took Joe Burrow first round, but we're sitting here at 33, and we got trade offers, one of them being two fourth-round picks from the Jacksonville Jaguars to move down to pick 42 in round two. And it wasn't an easy decision, but as we looked at the board It's important to know who's there. And there's two first-round guys remaining, really three. I think Cesar Ruiz, we can say, is is a fringe first-round guy. It's Xavier McKinney at the top of the board. But with what the Bengals have done at safety, I think Jake and I are kind of cool on that pick right now rather than where we were a few weeks ago as, yeah, take him no matter what or, you know, not that drastic. But the other one is Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims was still available. We expect he'll probably be gone, and we'll go on the next few picks here That was our decision. In this strong receiver class, is it worth taking the guy you like and love, really, over a bunch of guys we still really like that are coming off the board behind him for the value of two fourth-round picks? So, Jake, we took that trade back. It's a bit of a gamble. Let's see how it works out. And it doesn't
0: work out if you're hoping that Denzel Mims was going to make it all the way to pick 42, as he's picked two picks earlier at pick 40 by the Houston Texans. Ezra Cleveland, an offensive tackle that's probably in consideration after trading back, goes at 38. Xavier McKinney, an easy first-round target, goes at 36. And Brandon Nayuk, who I know a lot of our listeners actually really like as a second-round target, goes 34th. So... That means we are left with discussing Jalen Rager, Cesar Ruiz, who we picked last week, or one of these edge guys in Julian Aquara, Terrell Lewis, who I think is a real possibility for the Bengals, Curtis Weaver from Boise State, offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson, a potential option as well at this point. So what do you think, Joe? Do we attack the defense where they've spent all their resources in free agency? Do we look at We we can't do Cesar Ruiz just because we did it last week. That might be the pick here otherwise. But if we're looking Mm. at offense, the the top guys available are Jalen Rager and Isaiah Wilson. And there's some real concern about Isaiah Wilson's ability to change direction. And thus, that might limit him a little bit at tackle.
2: Yeah, he played tackle at Georgia. Um, He's 6'6", 350. I think he was 353 or 356 at the Combine. Uh, He's a massive guy. Even when you see him... Jake and I were looking at a picture of him just in his spandex at at the uh, underwear Olympics as the combine is. And he just looks like a monster man. his his arms, his shoulders. He's going to be a powerful run blocker. He gets compared to Orlando Brown on the PFF um, draft guide. I think that's the type of tackle he would be where he's not going to be a big change of direction guy. He's going to be someone who blocks out the sun. And if your quarterback can move a little bit um, in Defensive ends are going to try and contain. He's going to be perfectly fine at tackle. But I think you would put Isaiah Wilson at right guard and hope he opens up some holes at that size. Being 6'6", though, at guard can be a detriment. Not many guys are that successful inside at that height. So there is some projection there, and he is ranked a little bit lower. He wouldn't be the top guy on our board, but I do think he would be a fit. I think we should instead go with, in the strong receiver class that this is, Go with someone that can replace not only John Ross, but potentially um, A.J. Green. And, and you look at NFL.com's profile for Jalen Rager out of TCU. They compare him to Robert Woods, who we see how Woods fits in that Rams offense. You could say Rager – I even think Rager has better deep ball skills, but you could see how Rager would fit in a Bengals offense.
0: And Jalen Rager is the way we're going to go here just because let's get him a weapon, right? The the challenging thing for us every time we get into these second and third rounds is we need a linebacker. We need to address the offensive line somehow, just give it a shot in the arm, and we would like to get a weapon. And so you need, obviously, more picks for that. We've added some more picks. That gives us a little bit of flexibility here as we wrap up the second round. And we're just going to take a look at the board really quick to see if we do want to trade up. We have obviously pick 65 we're pausing at pick 62 just to see do we have to move up to get Akeem Davis Gay They're using one of those fourth round picks that we acquired we now have three fourth round picks or do we want to save that maybe to move back up into the third round the one guy here that really kind of calls my name here that checks one of those boxes Joe is Cesar Ruiz still available if you wanted to give that offensive line a little bit of an injection of talent but I think that realistically late second would be a disaster scenario for Cesar Ruiz.
2: Yeah, I think so too. This is probably, he's probably going to go in the next few picks here. If, if we don't want to move up for him, I think the decision is, um, do we, you know, sometimes when I play these games or these mock draft machines, I kind of go, well, I don't think he'll be there. So let me just ignore that guy and let someone else have him. Um, I think that's, you know, based on how we want to decide, but also at the same time, You almost can't do that because in the real draft, if a guy is falling that you think is good, you go get him, right? Or you try to. You can't say, "Oh, he wouldn't be there because he is. So you play the game that's, you know, dealt. And looking at the linebackers that are available as well, I think we're just going to
0: let it ride. And if we miss on guys that are falling, we miss on guys that are falling, but there are enough good options. And the only one that went that I'm like really too upset about in the next few picks is Lucas Niang at 64 to the Seattle Seahawks just for... One of those, he was probably, there's a big fall off in tackles, as the board is right now, after Lucas Niang, but here we are, at the top of round three, and today, Joe, we are going to talk about whether we would pull the trigger on Akeem Davis-Gaither at 76. He didn't finish his testing, right? He got hurt, mm-hmm. and we didn't get agility drills on him or something like that?
2: He was having surgery right after, I believe. That's right. Um, So, like, all of his testing was kind of, what do you want to do with it right right now? He only went and did the bench, and then he kind of ran some drills, and that was it for him. So we got size, and that's it. We don't even know what he runs a 40. And, I mean, he looks athletic on tape. That's that's all we can really go by.
0: Yeah. I I think that I would be very tempted by Malik Harrison here. We looked at the uh, data from... From Ben Robinson. And for the most part, Malik Harrison is going in the late second round. So if he gets there at the top of the third round, I think you're pretty happy about that. Yeah. Uh, PFF really likes Troy Die, And maybe this means we have to go back and look at the tape again. Because they have him as a top 50 player. He did play a lot of the year with a broken hand. And he had a cast on his hand. So I guess you have to chalk some of that up. You know, if he's not physical with the guy, you know, it's hard to punch somebody with a broken hand.
2: Right. And they really like Willie Gay Jr. also. And maybe this is the high uh, part or high watermark for him going in top of round three. I think it is. He's going to be a tough projection, I think. I think a, a lot of these guys are going to be tough. Um, but like Troy Dye, or I shouldn't say like Troy Dye, like a team Davis Gaither, Troy Dye also did not test at the Combine. Uh, 6'3", 231, that's all we got. We didn't even get bench reps from him. So, again, there's some unknown there. I think... Malik Harrison makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Number one, they're collecting a bunch of Ohio State players, so yes, okay, sure. And number two, I think he, for his size, for his athleticism, that combo is pretty rare. He gets comparisons to, like, Bernardrick McKinney, K.J. Wright, guys that aren't nickel um, linebackers, cover linebackers, and I think that's why they would go in round late round two or round three, and that's okay because the Bengals need more athleticism in their base line base defense anyways if they're going to go more 3-4 defense who's the guy next to Jermaine Pratt that's taking on blockers right now it's it's Josh Bynes so Malik Harrison will play behind him and then maybe do some of the Sam stuff in any 4-3 looks but I think you would draft a Harrison to develop behind Bynes which sounds like a good combination to me
0: so you would pick Malik Harrison before Akeem Gaither
2: is that is no. that what we're saying no no, if it's me on my board, I really like Akeem Davis-Gaither. Uh, if he tested and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a second round He didn't test. Right, I'm, so I'm saying if he did, I wouldn't be surprised if we were talking about him my second rounder, like this wouldn't even be a, um, yeah. a, a thought at all. But because he didn't, it puts a, at least some risk on him to where you go, okay, there's some unknowns there, and you have lesser unknowns with Malik Harrison. Does Davis-Gaither
0: what... play right away? Does he play in the nickel right away?
2: Yeah, he does.
0: Well, then you take him.
2: Okay. That's a the pick, then. We take King Davis-Gather.
0: Yeah, and we've we've done this in the fourth round quite a bit, and what's different today is we do it in the third round. Now we have to watch the board carefully. Do we want to move up for a Robert Hunt? Do we want right. to go get Matt Hennessy, maybe? Another very athletic, right? Matt Hennessey, the Temple. Yep. He's listed at center on this one, but he's just- Ooh, there here. goes Hunt. I wasn't so pause there.
2: it here. Yep. That's okay. So Hunt goes to the Raiders with the 80th pick overall, so mid-third round. I think the only other guard that we really consider is Natani Muti. Is he going to fall to our pick, right? Oh, he's gone. I did not see it. Well, then that is what that is. There are some other guards I like, but I was just thinking, would we move up for him?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can wait for guys like Ben Bredesen, who we saw a little bit when we did the Cesar Ruiz tape review on Mm. the stream earlier this week. Logan Stenberg is a guy that Kentucky fans really like and have talked about a lot. Kentucky fans are very proud of their football team, however, and I have not watched Logan Stenberg myself. We like Damian Lewis. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. He has familiarity with Joe Burrow, and PFF really likes Jonah Jackson. And then there's Solomon Kinley, the guy we talked about at the start of the show, has been projected as a second rounder, but none of these guys really make me want to trade up. No. And I really don't believe that Jeremy Chen would be there. So I know we just talked about yeah, you can't say he won't be but I, I I'm I'm not. I think that he's going in the second round, not late third round. So let's just let it roll.
2: Okay. All right. What
0: would So, you so far
2: well, I wouldn't have tried it up there either. I'm as I'm looking at this board, um I don't like the way it's necessarily falling for us so far. I Fourth rounds is the hardest part for me when I do these. I get to these all the time and I get there in the fourth round and I just go, the same linebackers are there in the fourth than they really are in the third or we miss out on them by maybe a few picks because I think it's such a strong third tier, I would say there's it's almost there's no second tier, right? You got Kenneth Murray and you've got uh and you got Patrick Queen for, that should go in the first round. And then big gap, maybe 20 picks, and then the next day 3 really Maybe we got four or five linebackers that'll go, and then there should be a couple left when the Bengals are on the clock in the fourth round. And I end up sitting there and going, man, I think we should move up from that pick if a linebacker's still there. But we spent that on round three, which is fine with me, but it kind of now puts us in a position of what do we want with this pick? Are we in BPA mode? Can we get an offensive lineman here? Do we have to take an O lineman? We also have two more fourth round picks coming up because we trade it back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say we have three fourth round picks. Let's get into the fourth round here. There are going to be some decisions to make in just a minute.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: So kicking off round four, so far we have gone Joe Burrow, Jalen Rager, and Akeem Davis-Gaither. I think those are three of our favorite prospects, Jake, in terms of getting athleticism, playmaking on both sides of the ball, getting a weapon for Joe Burrow. So where does that leave us right now? We still need to get an offensive lineman at some point. But remember, we traded back from pick 33, moved back 10 spots with the Jags. They gave us two second-round picks. So right now on the fourth, we have the first pick, the 10th pick, and then the 31st pick. There's still a lot of guys here. This fourth round could be very strong for us. This reminds me of, like, Carl Lawson, Josh Malone, Ryan Glasgow draft. Like, you can you can get a few of these guys that hopefully you get one impact player, one role player, and, you know, Josh Malone didn't work out. But if that's the idea here, I like the swings. At the top of the board is Zach Moss running back out of Utah. We've drafted him before. I don't believe – was it the fourth round? It may have been. Uh, Matt Hennessey center from Temple. Jack Driscoll, offensive lineman, guard tackle from Auburn. Trey Adams from Washington, I think I'd have a much lower than this. Uh, Albert O, which I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. Athletic tight end from Missouri. And then Amik Robertson is a nickel corner from Louisiana Tech that I really like. He reminds me of Nickel Roby Coleman, who's just going to be a a fighter, constantly a, a pain in the ass for any receiver in, in the slot. I really like him. Uh, ben Bartsch we could go with, who was a— Senior Bowl standout coming from a D3 school. I think he's a guard at the next level, not a tackle, and that's okay with me because the Bengals need a guard right now. And then the couple right behind him, Kevon Wallace, safety from Clemson, and Ben Bredesen, uh, guard from Michigan. What do you think, Jake? So because the Bengals
0: coach the senior bowl, there are two guys that I'm looking at very closely here, and those are Ben Barch, the St. John's tackle, who, Joe, you observed in person every time Jim Turner made a coaching suggestion It was incorporated into the game, so he's coachable, and the Bengals know that, right, because they saw it up close. He got hurt at the Senior Bowl, didn't get to play in the game, which led to a disaster for the north offensive line. One of the things that led to a disaster for the, sorry, south offensive line, but uh, has a lot of experience with the Bengals, and so does Damian Lewis, the LSU guard who had a really good week of practice in the Senior Bowl. I don't know if he had a very good game. I don't recall exactly. I think the entire South uh, offensive line was having a bad time. They're moving guys around and playing guards at tackle, playing interior guys on different sides. They're moving guys around a lot to to get them rest at different spots. But mm-hmm. I would really be considering both of those guys here. And just maybe even both because we pick first, 10th, and 31st. I'll pick first, move up from 10, or maybe just hope one falls to me at 10 and pick both of them.
2: I wouldn't be against double-dipping at guard at all. I think interior line is one of their weakest spots right now. I recognize I would like one of these guys to be able to eventually move to tackle if I was going to take one, and maybe Barch can. But Barch has short arms, man. I don't think that's in the cards for him. Uh, I think he is a a left guard, hopefully, in the NFL, and I think Damian Lewis could be a right guard. I think fourth round is a great spot to draft a guard, and I like both of these guys a whole bunch.
0: I think because you like both of these guys a bunch, maybe instead we talk about Amik Robertson because you're generally pretty good with with your corner evals, I think. That is a, a strength of your scouting toolbox. And if you like Amik Robertson, I'm happy to wait to see what guard we can get in nine picks and then we can even keep all three of our fourth round picks
2: yeah i really like mick robinson louisiana tech and why i do is because i think he's a slot guy and i think those guys automatically get undervalued so he's 5'8 187 at the combine so he's going to get drafted later than he's supposed to uh but what that means is his talent is really really good because he's if he was six foot i think he'd be a top 20 pick um and he's got the the movement ability he's a pain in the ass he'll tackle he'll fight uh and i think his ball skills are good so um, I think PFF had him as the number one coverage grade last year. I, I'm down to take a corner here and see what guards left when we come back up in a few picks. And
0: the decision is made for us at guard. Ben Barch, Ben Bredesen, Matt Hennessy all get picked. Jack Driscoll, the Auburn tackle guard that we were talking about, also gets picked. And that leaves for us. We have to go watch Logan Stenberg, I think, because of all the big blue fans that are listening. But. We know Damian Lewis. We like Damian Lewis. The Bengals know and I presume like Damian Lewis from his practices at the Senior Bowl. And you know who else knows Damian Lewis? The future quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. So there are many reasons to pick Damian Lewis here. He's one of the better players left on the board as well. A fourth round guard again, two years in a row. Maybe this time we'll hit or maybe Michael Jordan will still hit. I guess we don't really know yet.
2: Yeah, that's true. Damian Lewis is 6'2", 327. He had a good uh, combine also, Jake. His 40-yard um, dash put him in the 60th percentile, vertical 77th, broad jump was in the 85th percentile. So he didn't do his agility stuff, which makes sense because he is a, pa- a mauling power right guard. And there's just some highlights on there. If you type in his name on the on the Twitter of him just him like cushionberry has got someone or his right tackle's got someone and he just comes over and depletes the guy that's trying to stump move or anything on him Uh, I think you're looking at a starting right guard in Damian Lewis
0: and we just let it roll from there so to summarize so far Joe Burrow, Jalen Rager, Akeem Davis Gaither, Amik Robertson, Damian Lewis so we have an injection to the offensive line in Lewis. We have a slot corner potentially in the future with Mackenzie Alexander only being on a one-year deal with Amik Robertson. We have a linebacker who can start right away in the nickel. Joe really likes this guy. He, he believes that that is the case. I am not so convinced of that yet, Joe. I still need to see more, but you saw him at the senior bowl, and I did not. And That's fair. And Jalen Rager. We got in the second round, so we got the weapon for Joe Burrow, who we picked in the first round. So now here at pick 31 in the fourth round, we're pretty wide open, right? We can we can see if there's a tackle here we like. And one guy that I've heard talked about, he might be gone at this point, I think he is, is Sadiq Charles. He's actually still available. The mm. LSU tackle, who had a suspension that's really hurt, his draft stock, but could potentially be, if we're talking a late round tackle, that's somebody that you could look at. Could also look at some of these running back types, and I'm including Lynn Bowden in that when I say type. Joe, where do you look here at this point? Are we looking Edge, Jonathan Garvin,
2: yeah. I was Willickies. just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say Edge makes a lot of sense here. There's only three Edge guys on the roster currently. That's Carl Lawson, um, Sam Hubbard, and of course, carlos dunlap i have to say one of them's old well and one of them is coming up in the final year of his contract and lawson which i think we'd all like to see a little more playing time out of him before you really extend him uh i think edge could definitely be a position to grab especially in the fourth round we've got this extra pick here and it makes perfect sense to me so which one of these
0: guys do you like kenny Willikies is a guy that goes out and posts on instagram and twitter a video of him doing some pretty athletic things for a guy who's being criticized for not being an athlete. And he's just not an athlete relative to the rest of the NFL. Jonathan Garvin, the Miami player. Anthony Jennings, who at Alabama, I think, underachieved a little bit. And then Alex Highsmith, if we wanted to go another small school guy. Nick Coe, who – isn't Coe more of a inside guy? Am I remembering he, that wrong?
2: Uh, he may be. I don't actually don't know on him. I was pulling up Kenny uh, Willie Keys on – mock draftable because I wanted to see his testing and his comparables because he's an odd guy. One of the comparables that comes up is Yannick Ngakwe, surprisingly, but I don't see him as that. I think, man, he's an he's an underachiever, or an I should say an overachiever. Very clear on that. He's a, like a walk-on type that's going to do more. He's the Ryan Glasgow. I said we're going into the fourth round here, right, Get, getting guys like that. That's who he is. He's a depth-edge guy, can probably stand up and do a little bit for you, if you need him to but that's not where he's going to succeed I think he is really like Max Crosby last year for the Raiders goes in the same range and was an overachiever just finds a way to keep winning and keep making plays hey PFF compares him to Rob Nikovich who played linebacker for the Patriots in a 3-4 defense so I think that makes sense too and if the Bengals need a guy like that he he was super productive that usually translates at the end and they do like Michigan
0: State Players historically, I don't know if this regime does, but I think Kenny Willikies makes sense. If you're adding picks in the fourth round, so let's go Kenny Willikies and fill out the back of the edge roster, and he has a chance to continue to overachieve at the next level. Are we going to do the fifth round pick here, Joe? Bonus pick, fifth rounder.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're on the clock. Let's have some fun with this one. How about AJ Dillon? We've yeah, (laughs) AJ Dillon is 245 pounds and runs a four-five. Um, monster completely. He looks like Derrick Henry running the ball, so uh, I'm not against that at all.
0: There's A.J. Dillon, or we could talk about Thaddeus Moss. We've talked about him before on the podcast. He is not going to be a very good athlete, but he has rapport with Joe Burrow. His dad mm-hmm. is Randy Moss. He's a good blocker, I believe you said.
2: He is. Uh, you know, for all things considered, being in college, a lot of these guys aren't tremendous blockers coming out. The other guy I'd consider is James Lynch who is a five-tech, I think they could use that still behind Josh Dupel if they go you know more of that 3-4 defensive look. And he's an athlete at a five-tech and could provide some interior pass rush.
0: They do need an interior defensive lineman, I think, more badly than they need a bell cow type like A.J. Dillon. So based on the need here, similar value. This is 156 and 157 on the board we're looking at. Mm-hmm. it's very easy to talk me into james lynch here however i do want to point out we we were talking about the guards in the fourth round shane lemieux from oregon still available here he's 162 on the composite board that we're using that is a guy that at round five i probably would be pretty happy yeah uh to plug in and, and let him compete but for now, let's go ahead and pick James Lynch. We have a lot of new names here, Joe. We have Amik Robertson. We haven't drafted mm-hmm. him before. We have Kenny Willekies. We haven't drafted him before. We have talked about him before. And James Lynch, who I've never heard of before you tell oh. me about him right now.
2: Oh, wow. James Lynch was super productive. Highly, highly productive. You should. I did a tweet thread on him about two or three weeks ago. And also, he is 6'4", 289, okay? He ran the 40-yard dash. In a 501, which puts him in the 71st percentile for interior defensive lineman, his broad jump 82 percentile, his three cone 81st percentile, and his 20 yard shuttle was an 88th percentile. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch.
0: Looks like he's a redhead too, so you got you got that going for him, which is good. He has a very strong pass rush win rate according to PFF. 270 pounds though, a he's little
2: He's bit... 289 at the combine. Oh
0: well then then you're pretty happy with that because he still did all of the testing pretty well pff actually has him as a third round projecting 111 on their big board their 10th highest ranked interior defensive lineman so joe good looking out as always finding the diamonds in the rough to summarize this draft class then we've addressed many needs i think we've got quarterback of the future we got him a weapon in Jalen Rager we solidified the offensive line a little bit or at least added a competition with Damian Lewis who the Bengals know very well from the senior bowl on the defensive side of the ball we actually add four more guys and we target specifically areas of need and Akeem Davis Gaither where we're marrying need with value as best we can and then slot corner we know this is a need in the future Amik Robertson was graded very well by PFF has potentially a bright future at an undervalued position in the NFL that at some point teams are going to catch on and realize how important these slot guys are. Then we go Kenny Willikies in the fourth round again. We have three fourth round picks due to a trade back, and Willikies is that underachiever who has a fun Instagram video of him doing backflips and stuff, but actually offers some value as he's just a fourth edge on the team. Finally, we finish up with James Lynch, who we just talked about quite a bit.
2: Jake, I know you and I are playing seasons in Madden right now. and Let me tell you, this draft would be very, very helpful as I lost A.J. Green. I'd be plugging in Jalen Rager right away to use him. Uh, Right guard, I'm right now starting Billy Price, and he's getting his ass kicked too many times, as he does. I'd be sliding in Damian Lewis if I could. And then the other part is with two linebackers on the roster basically uh in Jermaine Pratt and Josh Bynes Jordan Evans keeps getting kicked out there every once in a while even though I've subbed him out as much as possible in the when I go through the depth chart and I don't really love the nickel situation which is Jermaine Pratt and I've got Sean Williams in there right now but man that's where I would plug in a Akeem Davis Gaither so this would really help out a whole lot and I really like getting another edge guy because they are real short there now
0: yeah I think an underrated aspect of Akeem Davis Gaither's Game, especially for me, because I usually don't care if a linebacker can rush the passers. That he was very productive when he did blitz, and mm-hmm. Luana Rumo is going to send him if if he's on the team, right? So that, that would be a strong get. The, the glaring weakness to me in this draft class, just looking at it, is that we haven't addressed tackle at all. So this is just totally asking Fred Johnson to win the job or kicking the need down the road a year, because if Fred Johnson doesn't do it, tackle right tackle an acute need in 2021
2: for sure i mean as you would project needs going forward we handle a lot of future needs the the big ones would be tackle staring you right in the face going Mm -hmm. forward
0: and i think three tech but i mean we've been talking about that for years and at least now they have dj reader that should help a little bit anyway
2: but i also like james lynch we took in the fifth round so he could end up being that backup three tech
0: maybe i I think that that's asking a lot of a fifth round pick i think Mm -hmm. that Likely you're looking at a need in the future, but we got a lot of value in this draft as well as you can, if you're picking at the top of a round. So that's gonna do it for us. Let us know what you think of this draft class. We go Joe Burrow, Jalen Rager, Akeem Davis, Gaither, Amik Robertson, Damian Lewis, Kenny Willikies, James Lynch. Send your grade for this draft to the Locked On Bengals Twitter account. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about more football things because football is the only show in town. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one.